Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And on this episode, Strange Things Are Afoot, the Circle K. What are we reviewing, Dwayne? Bill and Ted, Excellent Adventure, and Bogus Journey, two totally awesome, completely <laughs> radical, most non-heinous movies. Most triumphant. <laughs> now, we decided to do like the, the full retrospective on this one. We're doing both movies. And so this is not going to be our normal sort of um you know breakdown you know we're not we're not going to go through like our um we're not we're not doing the, we're not going to do a scene by scene yeah. or a, necessarily even a section by section breakdown we're going to just kind of graze over some high and low points of these movies and uh, just give you guys some thoughts i'm gonna tell you something we had a blast revisiting these um i know i did personally uh, i'm sure you had a wonderful time as well i, I had a great time um with with one movie more than the other. Well, um, we're going to get into that. We'll get into that, yeah. But um, yeah, I had really fond uh, memories of these movies, even the second one, which I know is not the more fondly remembered. But I had fond memories of them. Um, I was I think eleven when uh, Bogus Journey came out. It was one of the first movies I went to the theater and saw that I, that I remember. You know, have fond memories of seeing. And to this day, I still remember seeing Death playing Twister on the on a, on a big screen. You know, it's, it's just this memory that's stuck in my head. Yeah, these are two movies I uh, had seen at the at the theater. Also, um, oh my gosh, eighty nine. I would have been fourteen ish, ninety one. You know, sixteen range somewhere on there. Um, but yeah. These are, you know, of course, not having the streaming services that we have today in the home video market, uh, you know, going to be able to go to a Walmart or, or Best Buy and buy any movie you want within, you know, weeks of it leaving theater. We, uh, you know, they were gone. Movie, Yeah. Movie theaters were the thing to see. Yeah. You know, if you didn't catch a movie there. Which, which just, rental places were becoming more common. Yeah, at, at that time you were getting yeah, the movie galleries and Best Buys were really, really coming up. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I remember as a kid, though, just quoting those, I mean, especially the first one, quoting that movie over and over Now, again. these movies are highly, highly quotable, Jamie. And I, I uh, in watching the movies, I was thinking, were they influenced by other famous duos? Not talking, you know, Laurel and Hardy, not talking Penn and Taylor, not talking, you know, even the Three Stooges, but, you know, Bill and Ted. Ted did kind of look like haircut. <laughs> you're looking at, uh, you know, Wayne's World, Wayne and Garth, Beavis and Butthead. Uh, especially with the humor shift, from, I feel, from movie to movie, and we'll get into that in a little bit later, but I, I'd actually done some digging on the dates. Now, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure come out in 1989 couple years later 1991 bogus journey comes out and what i felt was a very totally different movie so i was wondering well did you know wayne's world and beavis and had come out in between and i actually found that wayne's world one and two come out in 92 and 93 respectively beavis and butthead didn't show up on the scene until early 93 on liquid television then shortly thereafter with their own television show yeah, I'm sure that there was some influence there, and and I'm I'm wondering too, like on the dates on Wayne's World when they were when their skits were airing on Saturday Night Live. I, yeah, I know they were. I did not look at the Saturday Night Live yeah. uh, skits, but I know that uh, Wayne and uh, and Garth were prolific yeah. characters. But I wonder too, like because you're, you're talking when you were on our we do pre-show, 
uh, meetings. But um, when you were talking about that, I was wondering, like, okay, do do the Wayne's World movies get made if Bill and Ted don't happen, or is it, does it just stay skits? I wonder if like if maybe Bill and Ted didn't influence Wayne World, like how those guys interact. But I wonder if it made him like, okay, these things are viable movies. There's a hit here with these two goofy guys who are yeah. complete music fans. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So, Jamie, let's look at our grading uh, scale. I know it's been a little while since we've discussed the grading scale. And before we get into it for these movies, I just want to kind of revisit uh, the... Uh, I, as, lo- I love the patent pending. As you so aptly Dwayne put, Justice patent, grade scale. patent pending. <laughs> so we're going to go with, you know... A, and we do, you know, A, A plus, and A minus, B, B plus, B minus, you know, and on down the board. So A is going to be a range of awesome. B is going to be a range of above average. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> C is going to be a range of kind of cool. And you're looking at D as, you know, a range. Not all Ds are bad, but you're going to have a range there of don't. Don't watch this, maybe. And F is going to be a flea to one degree or another. Now, I, I understand there are some really, really bad movies that I've had a really, really good time watching with some friends. And especially if you get somebody who can like do some on-the-fly commentary for something they've never seen before. I don't know if you've ever experienced a movie that way, but that can be really a ton of fun. So, Jamie, what uh, is your grade for, let's go ahead and take them in order uh, for Excellent Adventure. Okay, I was a little surprised by when I when I said because I mean these movies are so fun, especially the first one. They're so fun, but when I sat down to really give it a grade, I really struggled. Like, okay, how how fun is this movie versus how good a movie this is? Mm-hmm. And I had to settle on a B plus. Okay. Um, I once I really started thinking about the quality of the movie. Um. It's not an A movie. Um, it's fun. It's a blast. It's not like special. You know, yeah. it's not amazing. It's not mind blowing. It's just fun. It's fun. And yeah. so it's a B plus for me. Okay. I'm going to be a slight downer from you. I'm going to give it a solid B. Okay. Right, right in the middle of the B range there. Uh, you know, these in no stretch of the imagination are an A movie. I mean, you're not going to have a life changing epiphany. Uh, deep soul-searching experience watching these movies, you're going to have a good time. You're going to hear some good music. You're going to laugh at some good jokes. But there are there are some comedies I would put in the A range. I mean... There are, yeah. Comedies... Yeah, like, a, uh, like Groundhog Day. I mean, those kind of movies. Those are A movies. And, you know, comedy is one of the few genres that can sneak in that deeper meaning and really open your eyes to some things, I feel. And, uh, yeah, there are there are completely some A100 comedies that I've seen that have really opened my eyes or changed my way of viewing, uh, you know, a situation or a life event or just, you know, life in general uh, at times will open you up. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think there, there the are B. some movies that are just so funny they could sneak up into A range. Oh yeah, just just for the hilariousness. Yeah. I mean, I mean the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Hello. What what sense does that make? <laughs> other than just being an absolute romp of slapping your leg at just the absurdness of you know bring out your dead, yeah. and you know the woman. Yes, but the flesh wound. <laughs> the woman beating the the, the, the rug English with the cat. <laughs> you know, to as a as a dust broom, but. Uh, as okay. we digress... Um, so, Dwayne, give me your bogus journey. I, I want to go last on this one. Okay. Well, no, my bogus journey is, is going to drop 
quite a bit from uh, from Excellent Adventure. I'm so curious. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a C minus. Okay. Uh, I really uh, had, and I don't know if it was just where I watched the movie so close together, instead of the few years apart, you know, when they when they come out. But I was like, wow, these movies just have a really different feel, one from another. Now, granted, Bogus Journey, uh, you know, parental advisory warning right here, Bogus Journey was initially going to be titled Bill and Ted Go to Hell. <laughs> I don't know if you know that or I not. I didn't know that. It was initially going to be titled Bill and Ted Go to Hell. And uh, I think they've kind of come back around to that instead of like the excellent adventure and the bogus journey, uh, you know, to Bill and Ted Go to Hell with the new title of the of their new movie they're working on, you know, Bill and Ted Face the Music. You know, I would really like to see an inventive a name of a movie as Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey because I mean, what else can Going to Hell be? Was be a bogus journey? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I'm going to stick. A, that, that's a vastly superior. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick a, a C minus on this one. You know, it's it's a fun watch, but man. The, the tone of the movies really changed for me, and we'll go into that when we get into our positives and negatives. Yeah, I've got a, a little lot to bit. Say that so, on so that. What, what's your view of uh, of Bogus Journey, Jamie? It's a Hor- C. A C. Okay. It's a C. I didn't go to the full C minus, but I was afraid you were going to go all the way down. <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> no, um, I, I still had some fun. I'm gonna tell you, uh, one of the things that brought the movie up for me was, was the music, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit too. But yeah. I can really, but I, but I'll see the thing is, is like with this one, I told you before that we started that I would like to give this movie two grades because I oh. really, because I really feel like there's, there's two movies here. Um, and we'll get into the, I'll get into this more on the negatives, but I'd like, I'd the first probably 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a D minus for me. I didn't think it worked. Um, from, from the moment, um, death shows up to the end of the movie. I, th- I feel like it works better. Um, I, I feel like that um, they're on better footing, and I'd give that one a B, okay. that half of the movie. So I, I kind of average it out so to the C. So you average out in yeah. the C, okay. But, but the first the first half of that movie, that's it doesn't work. I can I can totally get on board with that. So before we uh, get into our a little bit more in depth in our thoughts of positives and negatives in the movie, uh, let's take a small break and head to the Circle K, where strange things are afoot. <laughs> And welcome back to the show. Now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of our positives and negatives. And so, Dwayne, start us off with our non-non-non-heinous positives. The uh, greatest thing about this movie is the language. Much like Shakespeare (laughs) is, you know, just, just melds words into art. Much like a poet... That's what I was thinking too. You know the the uh, language. I mean, you have total surf, <laughs> airhead. It was Shakespeare. Rocker. <laughs> um, you know the most excellent adventure, the most non heinous. I mean, you've got this language, oh, this lexicon, yes. and it really takes you to where these guys are, and really in informs you of the characters, uh, kind of brilliantly actually, because they're kind of. Airheads, yeah, uh, trying to start a band, have no idea how to play their instruments. It's just two guys wanting to play guitar. <laughs> you know, they don't even have a drummer, don't even have a bass player, don't have a keyboard player to supplement the bass or drums. You know, even even sequence some drums on the keyboard. It's just two guys running around, and as you see, 
you know, their their enthusiasm on the guitars, and then they're and then them uh, videotaping themselves to make a video and introducing themselves as Jamie Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. And, and you can tell too, like that you talking about them being airheads, like yeah. the, the the first classroom scene when he has like Ted. So Ted, who is Napoleon? It's like so basically. He's a short dead dude. That's what I'm getting from he's, you. He's a short dead French dude. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the languages you find out they're uh, you know flunking out of school and have to. Uh, I can see how that would happen. Pass the test uh, to stay in school and for Ted not to go to military school in Alaska, <laughs> which which is uh, I mean that's something that my parents always threw at me. Oh yeah. In military Common school. Place. Commonplace. In Alaska. But I mean, for me, that's one of my biggest positives. It's Bill and Ted and their friendship. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful and pure. It is, and just and and you believe it. I mean, these guys are the best of friends, and I mean, everybody wishes they had a friend like that. You know, that like they just that got you that way. You know, and that was that devoted to you because as much as they love the princesses, I'm pretty sure that Bill and Ted are each other's real true love. Oh, they're I mean, yeah, they're t- totally in love with each other. Yeah, and um, and so I think it's, it's those guys, and that's. Part of what we're going to get to the negatives in a little bit. I've got thoughts on that too, but um, but that that's what makes these movies. So I think it's the heart of the movies. What what heartwarming stuff there is in it is is about Bill and Ted's relationship. Yeah, it's it's it all rotates around their relationship. Yeah. And uh, as they go through, I'm gonna tell you another positive for me is uh, their relationship with their respective parents. Um, you know, Bill's dad. You mean just, Missy? Well, I mean, right, exactly. I mean, but, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm being mean. Ted's dad is completely down on him, beating him up all the time. How dumb, how stupid he is. And, I mean, you, you really see Keanu's brokenness over that and how hurt he is. And then Bill's dad is, you know, married like a, a girl who just graduated who they had a crush on. <laughs> you know, Ted asked to the prom. <laughs> I mean, this is just so absurd. I mean, just just the just the layout here with everything is absurd. And I mean, what's what's some of your pauses before I gush too much? Yeah. Um, well, the 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 pacing of the first movie is nearly perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything flows into the next thing. You're never bored. Something exciting is always happening, and it's just it's just it's near perfection of pacing. You know, revisiting these movies, it really blew my mind how little time they spent in each of the eras. And as, as we find out, you know, they go, they, they have to take a trip through time. Yeah. Uh, George Carlin, who I'm in love with, uh, comes down in a phone booth. Is he, is he your Ted? He's my Ted. And, uh, you know, he comes down in a phone booth and explains to them in the future, they have to, you know, make this great happen because in the future, they're banned wild stallions. <laughs> Bring peace and prosperity (laughs) and love across the Mm. world with the the speech they give at the Battle of the Bands, um, which they're trying to get in. Yeah. And um, (laughs) I'm just laughing. That that, that whole premise of this amazing, you know, prosperous future it's just so beautiful and tranquil it's based on those two idiots band their music it's just so preposterous yeah and uh you know like i said you know how little time they spend in each era and they wind up yeah you're right you're right and billy the kid in in my in my memory 
that was travel, so much more. yeah, out of the, I mean, my memory, like of the of the, the their travels through time, that was like this huge part of this movie. And as I was watching again with older eyes, it just flies by. Yeah, it's just bam, bam, bam. They just show up, grab someone, and and disappear again. Yeah, I mean, they're like, they're like offering like a Twinkie to Genghis Khan. That's all. That's that's the whole. That's the whole <laughs> that's scene. The whole scene. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I, I love uh, some of the cameos in the movies. Uh, the second one, there was a lot more cameos, but in this one, you had uh, I don't know if you caught uh, Joan of Arc, it was played by uh, Jane Weedle, one of the Go Go's. Really? Yeah. Uh, she had the little boy haircut. You yeah. Know, she, she was Joan of Arc, so. Uh, that was, you know, as we find, as we come to the music being such an important part of these movies. That makes sense. Yeah. But now, I'll tell you, Jamie, another uh, uh, positive is it seems like how much they did was so little. Oh, yeah. I was shocked at the running time on these things. I know. They were a quick watch. Yeah, but both of them were like 90 minutes. Yeah, they were Yeah, right at an hour and a half, which, yeah. I mean, by today's movie standards, we were, uh, <clears throat> we had thrown in a... Uh, Thor Ragnarok today just to kind of have on in the background while we were just kind of bouncing around the house, you know, on and off napping and getting some food and stuff. And my mom was visiting with us and she's like, when is this thing going to go off? And I was like, wow, you know, that in, in any more, it's like if a movie is not in two hours, two hours, 15 minutes, even two and a half, it's like nothing. And, um, and I, I mentioned before, I've got like my smartphone test. It's adventure past it. I didn't look at my phone one time. Oh yeah, not even to take notes. I, I couldn't take. I, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was great. Yeah, not so much with Bogus Journey. Yeah, not so much with Bogus Journey. But, but we're not in the negatives yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it is noticeable. We haven't mentioned that movie yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now uh, the uh, the characterizations uh, that they had for these famous people, um, Abraham Lincoln, most notably. He was the uh, best one. He was. He was. Yeah, I, I would. I'm going to say probably my favorite. Uh, so crates. So crates. Beef, uh, oven. beef oven was wonderful. And then you have um, the princesses. Who don't do a lot. They don't do much, but uh, to have such a prominent mention. But I, I did like the um, that the princesses didn't do much, but what they brought out of Ted. Mm. I thought like it was a different side of Ted that we hadn't seen before, although it was so ridiculous. Like, Ted, you're the ladies' man. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no one's seen that coming. Yeah, but you know, just you know, Ted was different around them, more more so than Bill. But Ted was different. You know, I was like, that's a different side of him. That's you know, it's, it's a nice little moment. Yeah, but much like you had said earlier, even with the princesses being their their you know squeezes, they're so just completely in love with each other. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Babes. I mean, the, the heart of the, the heart of both movies really is their relationship, yeah. and it and it and it's a heartwarming relationship. I mean, there's not a lot of. I mean, this is probably too big of a point for movies like these, but I mean, and dudes aren't good at making, you know, male friendships. We're not good at it. We're mm, not good at making them. We're not good at maintaining them. And it's just kind of heartwarming to, to me to see, you know, two, two men, two males have that kind of friendship. It's that, that deep and abiding, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous movie, but that, that's kind of a heartwarming thing. We're not good at that. That's true. We're not. Um, also my biggest favorite from the first movie and what really kept me revisiting it is the mall scene. We're not to the awards yet, Dwayne. Oh. <laughs> I know, but we're, we're, we're in our positives. I'm going okay. I'm I'm to brush through this. this the this, mall scene is the amazing. The mall scene is amazing. It's just a frantic rush of getting these people together, trying to keep them together because they lost Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
I love, I love that Deacon Bill, just bails on him. Bill's brother Deacon's like, this guy's a jerk. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> well, I mean, you can see, like, Deacon's, what, probably, what, 12, 12 13, 13, maybe? Range, yeah. He's got two girls with him and Napoleon. He's probably ditching Napoleon. I would, I would ditch Napoleon also. Yeah. <laughs> but I love where Napoleon wound up. Water slide. Water slide at Waterloo. The water I, park. I still, to this day, I can't <laughs> say the water slide without saying the way Napoleon did in that movie. <laughs> we water go, slide. Me and my family, we take my family to, to the Great Wolf Lodge every summer. Mm. Every time we go to the water slides, I say it like Napoleon. The girls just go down the water, water slides. Slide. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he's doing it in his, uh, you know, 17th century British French underwear, whatever those were, and yeah, no one's and that crazy. Cat. No one's saying a thing, and he's you know grabbing the kids and moving the kids out of the way. I mean, right. it just shows too that this these movies were made in a different era, yeah. because if you're running around a water park in that grabbing kids in no matter whatever capacity you're grabbing, you're getting arrested. Well, and two, if you're running around a water park where there's nobody else but kids and you're a, a dude that's the alone, adult, yeah, you're probably security's going to be watching you, maybe asking you to leave. I mean, because you're probably going to look pretty creepy. Well, much like me, Napoleon's of shorter stature, so <laughs> the the age may be in <laughs> question. <laughs> that's how I get a discount at all of our amusement parks. I just shave before we go in. <laughs> Can you walk under the, to, you know, how, can, how high you have to be to be on this run? The, I can walk under the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, but, the, but the mall scene is, it's the best scene in either one of these movies. It's great. I love it. I smile from ear to ear the whole time. I mean, when, when Beef Oven is in the, is in the, the music store, when Genghis Khan is just going off on the sporting goods place, sporting. when Joan of Arc <laughs> takes over the, uh, the gymnastics the class, it's great. <laughs> It's great. I laugh yeah. and smile. It's just, it's it's great. It's the best scene in either one of these movies. That is wonderful. Now let's move on to our positives of Bogus Journey. So what's some of the uh, positive things in this movie? Wow. Um, death is great. Death is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, William Sadler, the character who plays, the actor who plays the character of Death, a phenomenal character actor. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of some of the things that I've seen him in, and I'm like, wow, that was him. Wow, that's him. <laughs> okay, you know. and it, uh, is, it is sort of out of his wheelhouse. He does a good job, though, and he, and he looks like he's having a blast doing it. He does a great job, but you know, one of the things that really um, caught my attention a few years ago with uh, John C. Riley coming out with his comedic side, mm. you know, he was a very dramatic actor. Yeah. And, I mean, he is one of the most hilarious you know, people also on camera when he does that. But he was, every other scene I had seen him in before Talladega Nights was a drama. Yeah. A really serious role. I mean, I remember, like, I, I didn't I didn't enjoy the movie, but in Magnolia, he was amazing. Mm -hmm. He was amazing in that movie. And like I said, I didn't, I didn't actually enjoy the movie, but his, his performance in the movie was just really, and then, like, the next thing I saw him was Talladega Nights, and I was like, wow, <laughs> this guy's yeah. got some brains. And, and it just really shows how <laughs> difficult comedy can be. Yeah. You know, and, and it's really common for, you know, actors, and I'm noticing, to, you know, bounce between the comedy and the drama. Uh, but, yeah, William Sadler really brought out his funny bone yeah. as death. Oh, um, he, he embraced it. Oh, he, he, he owned the role. Yeah. He really did. But, yeah, death was one of a, the, the very few, I'm going to say, strengths of, of the 
yeah. bogus journey. Um, you know, bogus journey. They are, uh, you know, this is when they're trying to get into the battle of the bands. Yeah. <clears throat> um, to you another favorite part of mine for a bogus journey as well is the actor, uh, Joss Ackland, who plays, uh, Denomalos. Yeah, the, the diplomatic immunity guy from Lethal Weapon 2. Yes. Yeah, I reckon yes. I reckon something I know something I recognize him from. Yeah, now, now I'm I'm a fan of his from uh, The Hunt for Red October. Uh he, he had a very small seen that yeah, he had a very small role in there, but he was in there, but just as a big intimidating He's guy. a big presence. Yeah, he's a huge presence on screen. And he sends back robots of Bill and Ted to kill Bill and Ted and ruin their showing at the um, did you Bell like? Did you like Evil Bill and Ted? I did not, and I really, honestly, I didn't either. Wasn't really a fan of Good Bill and Ted, and we'll get into that here in a little. <laughs> yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, but, I, I jumped. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. The, uh, yeah, the uh, the journey through hell was very interesting to me, uh, especially with it being compartmentalized. It felt very Dante ish to me, where there were each had these sections of hell that they kind of went through. I. Yeah, we need to get to. We always get to the negatives. But I've, I've got I've got strong <laughs> thoughts about Evil Bill and Ted. Okay, all right. Well, um, I'll tell you another positive of mine for Bogus Journey was the music. You could really tell that they had upped the music ante on this. And I uh, done a little bit of a Google diving on here with the soundtracks, <clears throat> and in the music I found, you know, the first movie really had no name bands. The only band I had really heard of was Extreme. The second movie, Bogus Journey, they spent all their budget on bands. You have, I mean, you have Slaughter, you have Wing or Faith No More, Megadeth. I mean, Steve Vai. Even Promise. Got, of course, Promise, Tommy the Cat, but Steve Vai, guitar god, Steve Vai, done all of the air guitar, you know, when when something good happens, and uh, he done uh, the Reaper. Uh the Reaper's theme. Really? Uh, yeah. The uh, if you look it up, it's just a great instrumental uh, track. But uh, yeah, the music was really the only thing that really made this second movie bright to me. I'm gonna say one more thing positive before we move into our negatives here, and I love how they were going back in time and getting musicians and poets and people from history to teach these guys in the future. I mean, how much more interesting would history class have been <laughs> if you could have had George Washington saying, you know, I really didn't chop down the cherry tree, but it's really important to be honest, you know? <laughs> so, and I really did have wooden teeth. <laughs> so, right. So that was a, a, a great thing. Actually, they were well done. In, the, uh, in the movie. So Jamie... It's time for our most non-triumphant negatives. Most non-triumphant negatives. And I want to and I want to go first. Here. Now listen, this is I know this is a Bill and Ted, and I love the titles that you're going <laughs> with here. But is this is this a double negative? The non-triumphant non is a negative. Negative is a negative. So is that a double negative? With negative being the negative, Paul? does negative compound or cancel out the non to be a negative? So I don't know. Let's just get into. Some I was negatives. not told there would be math. <laughs> And it's even worse when it's English math. <laughs> Grammar math is the worst Grammar math. Grammar math's horrible. <laughs> uh, but my, my biggest negative for the first movie, for Excellent Adventure, and I don't have a lot of negatives for the first one, is the, is the plot itself. I mean, the plot is not the point. It's not. No, the plot is not the point. 
But if you if you really stop and think about it, the whole the whole plot of that movie is okay. There's this there's this first crisis, and it's gonna mess up all of the time stream if we don't go back and help them through it. Okay, but there's nothing outside of the time stream messing that up. That that was just part of their lives. But, why why do they need help from the future to fix that? I, mean, yeah. I don't care. I enjoy the movie, but and you know I even enjoyed the paradoxes. Oh, we need keys. <laughs> Let's move the keys over here. You know, I mean, that's not really a negative, but yeah, the uh, the yeah. plot is, like you said, the plot is not really the plot. It, it's, it's, it's not the point, but it doesn't work. Point. It doesn't actually make sense. No. And as bad as the, the plot of the Bogus Journey is how it plays out works, the, I, I think the plot actually makes more sense in Bogus Journey because somebody <laughs> outside of their time is coming back to mess it up. So we need somebody else from outside of their time to help them fix it. That's that's a really good point. I, I hadn't uh, thought about that part of it. I mean, it's an inferior movie, but yeah, much, the plot makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, it is a much inferior movie, uh, but the plots really uh, are quite different. And just just like you said, um, I, I know one of my negatives is the tonal differences from movie to movie. I mean, Excellent Adventure is just so fun. It's just such a fun hang on. Bam, 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 ha, ha, ha. And then there's this really a good-natured feel to the whole thing. Yeah. That, that's absent from Bogus Journey. But Bill and Ted kind of turned into jerks. Yeah. Even to each other. And this is what got me thinking about, you know, the, the Beavis and Butthead thing, where, where they were just kind of jerks to each other. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, you know, kind of Wayne and Garth maybe kind of been that way, too. You know, and I'm, I guess I'm seeing the influence of these movies because these movies really influenced the buddy movies, you know, um, even, you know, bad boys too. You can kind of see some of Bill and Ted in there. You ain't seen bad boys too. <laughs> going back. I'm to really home. sorry to our listeners. I've done two really bad British accents today. I'm, I'm, that's my bad. I'll stop. You know, this could be a uh, Keanu connection <laughs> is, uh, you know, instead of Keanu being in the movie where Keanu connecting it back to hot fuzz when he's in point break. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the negatives uh, of the See, first movie are really few and far between. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the budget, you could tell, wasn't yeah. really there. Uh, some of those sets were bad. Yeah, some of the sets. And I think that's why they kind of had to spend so little time in yeah. place to place. Because, I mean, you really could see that the Elmer's glue was probably getting ready to fall I mean, off. They, they got Genghis Khan. It looked like they like there was somebody's like living room. They just threw up some, like, some drapes <laughs> or something, you know. It was just, it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, and that's great. but um, going going back to Evil Bill and Ted, like you were talking about the the way that Bill and Ted were characterized in the second movie. That's to me that's one of the biggest weaknesses in that movie. And I and I went back and looked. I thought maybe there were different writers, and the writers mm. maybe didn't get Bill and Ted. Mm. It's the same writers, and the the only as far as like the major players in the cast and crew, the only difference is the change in director. Mm. But it feels like it takes them about forty five minutes of a ninety minute movie to remember who Bill and Ted are. Because the characterization is just off. Yeah, you really don't get a true Bill and Ted until they, the they end. Don't, they don't feel like the same guys Mm-mm. from the first movie. No, and, totally until not. about the time they're playing like Battleship with Death. And it feels like... <laughs> the games with Death are great. Yeah, but it feels like that's when Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves remember who Bill and Ted are. Mm-hmm. From that point on, it feels like the same guys from the first movie. But before then, they're just... I don't know maybe if they were thrown off from having to play good at evil versions of themselves. Maybe that threw them off. Could, could have I, been. I don't know. Maybe the director didn't understand the characters. But it feels like it takes about half the movie for them to figure out who these guys are again. That's interesting that only the director changed 
and such a big tone of the movie changed. Yeah, yeah it really, uh, it really is. Big and, the, and that good natured feel from the first movie is just gone. I mean, yeah. by and large, it's just gone. And I mean, and even though you're going on this fantastical, however bogus journey, you know, through hell, <laughs> you know, hell's kind of a drag. It is. You know, it really is. And, and you know, you put these characters in there and it really drags everything down. And there's stuff that just doesn't work. Like those personal hills they go to. I mean, how old is Ted at this point? Right. What, military school still his biggest fear? I don't buy that. And, I mean, and, and, and honestly, I bragged on the pacing of Excellent Adventure and the, and the positives. The pacing of Bogus Journey is bogus. Yeah. The, it's, the there's, there are boring parts of this movie. In a 90-minute comedy, there should not be huge chunks that are boring. Well, I'm going to tell you, just in all honesty, watching... Excellent adventure in one setting. I blew straight through it. I had to go at Bogus Journey three times. Oh. <clears throat> that shouldn't be the case with the 90-minute That should comedy. not be the case with the 90-minute movie. I had to take it in chunks, and I was like... And, of course, you know, with, with children in school and work and everything, granted, a lot of my movie viewing is late night, going to bed, taking the Kindle, taking the laptop, you know, laying there with headphones on watching it. I was like, you know, this just ain't worth staying up for. Yeah. I'm catching, you know, half an hour and then, and then crashing. That should not happen in a comedy, especially after the caliber of the first one. Yeah. And, and, and with my smartphone test, Bogus Journey failed. Yeah. The phone came out. I mean, excellent adventure. I didn't even think about my phone. I wanted to take notes, and I never thought about my phone to even pull it out and take some notes. <laughs> the Bogus Journey, man, I was like, what's, what's happening on Twitter? You know, yeah. I mean, it was just, there, was just, there were just sections that were just, Boring. It's not there. In a 90-minute comedy? That shouldn't happen. And, you and you failed if you're doing that. And I'll tell you, you didn't get a lot of George Carlin. No. You didn't get a lot of, uh, you know, the journey that was so fun through time to do all of the stuff that they set up, yeah. you know, to happen. But, you know, the princesses were even a little different yeah. In in this movie, even though we didn't get very much of their characters, they even leave at the end. Did you notice you, they forgot which princess was dating which? Of I the noticed dudes? that, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the one of the good things. I can't with, even um, keep track of <laughs> which dude they were in love with. That's with, crazy. with the prime video, that was a thing. I think they even had their instrumentation differently too. Did they really? Yeah, I didn't I catch they that had, part. Uh, yeah. Had opposite on keyboard and drums, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was just not a fun. And yet, but you could tell that they had more money to make this movie. You could tell by some other cast. You could tell by like he's like they went the music. They had like recognizable music musicians. Mm-hmm. But they didn't spend a dime on their sets. Mm-mm. The future looked so bad, it's so horrible. Which I think it was a mistake to show so much of the future. When you're when you've created a utopia, you shouldn't show the utopia because it's never going to live up. Well, but the utopia was also a classroom. That looked like it was made out of plastic, you know. Oh, and those phone clothes they were with, those gigantic <laughs> the boots. They looked so bad. Yeah. I'm like, I know you had a lot. Because, I mean, Excellent Adventure was a success. So they got more, they got, they got a bigger budget to make the second movie. And it just doesn't show. It does not show at all. And yeah. like, and Station looked awful. I know it was 1991. I know, I know the fakes were different. You know, Station was a really cool concept. And I had kind of forgotten about Station I guess with just trying to maybe block out some of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I remembered Station, but I didn't remember it looking that bad. And I remembered, I remembered the, like Robot Bill and Ted looking better. 
than they did. And I was just like, wow. But you know, with the effects of them, you know, I know like it was 91, taking I, their heads yeah. off, uh, ripping their, you know, that, that, that did look pretty things. good. Uh, that was probably where a lot of the budget went, yeah. you know, instead of, you know, quality writing. And, and Ted's updated haircut. <laughs> <laughs> that bowl cut was gone. I was I was happy to see well, that disappear. I mean, now this movie too. I mean, he had his hair was in his eyes the entire time, which just seemed yeah. like it made him even dumber. I don't know, man. That bowl cut looked pretty dumb. The, the bowl cut looked pretty dumb. I mean, but this he I kept thinking of the sheepdog in the uh, in the cartoons. You know, having to lift his hair out of his eyes to see what he's doing. I don't. I had I had a similar haircut in '91. My hair was in my eyes a lot. So I, I think in the '90s we all ventured into that you know realm of haircut. Yeah, I had the hair another. parted, hanging down in my eyes thing going on in that that era too. So I, okay. I guess it just felt natural to so me. Felt- <laughs> I, I, re- I recognized what was going on there. It reminded you of your youth when uh, both of us actually had hair. Oh, the days. Those days. I miss them. Um, okay, any other negatives? I think, I, I think I'm pretty bummed <laughs> on this, so let's, let's maybe, maybe look at to a little... Speaking of things that are bogus, how have these movies aged, Dwayne? Oh. The, the first movie I feel held up pretty well. Um, I mean, of course you can tell it is a totally nineties movie. Um, you know, that late eighties era going into the nineties where everything is just, you know, hairsprayed going into the grunge thing with the, and Missy's hair was so big in the first movie. Yeah. There was nothing going over that girl's head. (laughs) She should not have gotten near an open flame. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing going over that girl's head. Yeah, I think she's responsible for at least 20% of the ozone loss. <laughs> but, I mean, there, there are some, I mean, I'd forgotten some of these things. Like when, you know, Bill and Ted hug, they use a homophobic slur at each other. I'm like, yeah. wow, we would never say those things in a movie no, today. No, totally not. And and in both movies, there are scenes where, like, they're prominent looking down the front of Missy's shirt. I'm like, this, I'm like, I'm... I'm a little uncomfortable here. I, I, I mean, we wouldn't do those scenes now. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a few things that like you Dude, can tell. Your dad's going for it in your room. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like totally like, oh my god, yeah, I is mean, this really happening? I mean, there's 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 just little things in there that were still things you put in movies in that time. Yeah, we wouldn't touch now. There's mm-hmm. no movie made now that would that would have those type of scenes in them. Exactly. Yeah. So the, uh, <clears throat> you know, you could really tell the era. That these movies yeah. were made. They well, were and, made and the for princess, Aaron for a time. I mean, the princesses they were just the babes. They really didn't have any characterization. No characterization. No names. They had no motivations for things they were doing. They were just plot devices for like to be the like, the hot chicks that Bill and Ted were into. And, and that I'm was pretty it. sure they came back from medieval Europe with some Aquanet going on, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, in that castle. Oh, they embraced it quickly. Oh yeah, totally. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the aging of these movies were not well. So, speaking of the aging of the movies, we have a couple characters in these movies that have aged. And we're visiting a new movie. That's happening. right. That's right. Which, actually, I don't think Keanu's aged that much. Well, look, I think like, like 
well, 30 years have passed. I think he's aged years. about five years. Yeah. He's, he has, uh, I want to age like that those guy, jeans. Man. Yeah. He's, he's Incredible. got those jeans. They're not Calvin Klein's, but man, they're <laughs> really keeping him uh, in shape, which I'm sure the matrix money and John Wick money doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. It's, and it's all that clean living that actors do. I'm sure. Oh yeah, know. sure. <laughs> but, uh, but, but now, yeah, you mentioned the new movie. It's a potential new movie. I've heard that they've ran into some funding issues, but yeah, Bill and Ted face the music. What, do you, what, are, what are your thoughts? Have you heard anything about the plot? Um, the plot that I've heard is that Bill and Ted are middle-aged men with children of their own um, struggling through life. The breakout fame of Wild Stallions has not happened. The peace, love, and happiness uh, prophesied has not happened. And they're trying to, they've got to figure out why. And that's that's pretty much all I've heard from the plot. But uh, I'm pretty interested to see where they take these characters in the future, how they age these airheaded characters, so to speak. I I'm guess. I'm really curious how they, curious how they're going to characterize them. Are they really still that dumb? Right. I mean, are they still calling everything bogus or heinous? I mean, I'm really curious how they're going to characterize. Yeah. Them. How they're. Uh, language and view of the world has transferred into the 2000s and 2010s you know with the uh, which I, I had a question i wanted to ask you go ahead because after after rewatching bogus journey I, i'd heard the premise of this before i rewatched bogus journey i had forgotten that ending scene where denomalous <laughs> broadcast him to the whole world so everybody saw they were all dancing and it, you really felt like, like everybody heard the speech they saw the music everybody's gonna love wild stallions you saw all those newspaper and magazine covers and headlines. It looked like it worked. Mm-hmm. So what happened after that? Are, are they going to do like a reboot and pretend the second one didn't happen? I'm just, I'm just, I'm wondering how they're going to play that. I, I, I believe what they're going to do, Jamie, is maybe take another paradox view of time. Mm. Um, maybe you know, <clears throat> with your Star Trek where the uh, the reboot here a few years ago uh, with Chris Pine and uh, Zachary Kinto, where the uh, wormhole, the the ship coming through, changed the timeline. Uh, oh. And, uh, you know, the, uh, I guess, the string theory to quantum versus however you want to look at it, branch off. And maybe in this time stream... Maybe they didn't you know, make it to the Battle of the Bands. They, they didn't make it to the Battle of the Bands. So hmm. what occurred to bring Bill and Ted along that timeline, and how do we realign those, uh, so to speak, maybe? I, I wonder about that view, how they want to tackle that. Well, are you excited about it, though? I really am um, excited about it just because... It was such a fun watch yeah. from my from my from my youth, you know, from <laughs> from my youth. Um, it was such a fun watch. Uh, brings back such nostalgia, you know, those uh, those warm fuzzies we all like to remember. I honestly, I, I wasn't that enthused about it until I saw how much Keanu Reeves and Oxwinter wanted to come back and do it. Oh, I know they're completely on board. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, that bodes well. That guys like, especially somebody who's as famous as Keanu, Keanu doesn't need to do Bill and Ted anymore. Mm-mm. He doesn't no, need to be Ted Theodore Logan again. And really, Alex Winter, even though he hasn't remained in the public eye as much as Keanu, I mean, he is a very accomplished, respected uh, documentarian. 
Yeah, but they're all about it. You know, so to me, that got me excited to see their excitement for mm-hmm. it. Got me excited. So I'm like, yeah. I am looking. I hope they get their funding stuff, whatever that is. The holdup is. I hope they get it sorted out. I want to see it now. Yeah, I'm really excited to to check it out, especially with their enthusiasm. That's all, folks. Well, let's, let's take a short break. I stuttered too. Did you catch that? And then we'll come back and talk about our awards. And welcome back. Now it's time for our award segment. Awards. And uh, so, Dwayne, favorite scenes. Go. My favorite scene I've already mentioned in the first movie is the mall scene. It's the right answer. It's the right answer. That's my favorite scene, too. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it just, the kineticness, the frenetic, frantic running around and amok, and each character getting their own little crazy thing to do, uh, along with her personality. Um, I love Billy the Kid. And and uh, going to mention that picking up chicks at the <laughs> attempting to, and then the, <laughs> and then the fruit to. dude ruins it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know Genghis Khan going crazy on the mannequins, uh, putting on the pads and the helmet and the armor. You know, <laughs> I love that he just throws his club away because he's got this awesome aluminum bat. You know, yeah, and uh, you know, of course, we had already mentioned Joan of Arc. You know, taking over the aerobics class is just, I mean, how much more absurd can you get? And what's, uh, what's your favorite scene? Or are we just going to stick with that one? That, that, that's, that's the right answer. Okay. That it, it is the, I mean, the, so I want to, I want to lead off on bogus journey. Cause I, I, I picked a scene from each movie. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to j- hit you with that challenge. Oh, of, I've got of, one. Of a great scene from bogus journey. Go ahead. There is one. You know, family game night with death. That is the right answer. <laughs> I mean, like when like so he's like that throws out the challenge, right? Like, well, you can challenge me, and if you win, I'll have to let you go back. Best and, two out of three. <laughs> yeah, then they start playing Battleship. It's great. Yeah, and then but, my, but the best part is Twister, Twister with Death. Twister with Death. Yes, um, it's oh, it's amazing. It's so good. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, but and that goes just back to the the character of Death, and I think this is going to lead into our next. Which which I, which I wanted to to mention that I, I think that's where they get back on track. As yeah. far as bogus journey, and I say I think like that Bill and Ted on their own, maybe you, they can't keep straight like the characterization but when they've got somebody to play off of. Mm. They were able to get back into character. You know, I didn't realize that, but for most of the movie, they are on their own. Yeah, until they get up with death, <clears throat> and uh, they always had someone, Billy the Kid, Socrates. Yeah. You know their parent, you know their father, whatever. Missy, Missy, Deacon, uh, even in the in the first movie, they always yeah. had someone to bounce off of and show their just silliness. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a good insight. I I hadn't realized that. So, let's look at favorite characters. So, what's I'm I'm gonna give it to you. What's your favorite character? I've got a weird one. Let's go. Napoleon. Really, I love Napoleon. He, I. Every scene he's in, from the moment they grab him from whatever century that was supposed to be, I laugh. Everything he does, just his facial expressions, the way he like fends off the little girl and takes the last bite of the ice cream and then grosses <laughs> him out by eating it off the table, the whole thing at the water slide park. Did you notice, did, you, did you catch that it was called Waterloo? Waterloo, yes. Yeah. And and just and the way he just the way he says things, the facial expressions, everything about that character, it just. I find just so hilarious. You know, that is one thing about these movies that the actors really 
sold in. You know, they really bought into those. They characters. were committed. <clears throat> yeah, they really uh, 100% committed. Um, I'm going to go in uh, in Excellent Adventure. Are we going to do one character from each movie? I guess. Okay. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go. I really enjoyed Billy the Kid at at the mall. I mean, he was just just Billy the Kid. You know, he was just this guy, fish out of water. Well, hey there, you know, <laughs> and uh, some uh, he's going to be one of my favorite characters. You know, of course, you know your main character is Bill and Ted. Yeah. You know, that that that's a given. So let's look at Bogus Journey. It has to be death. Has to be death. Yeah, death is the right answer. There's only one answer. He stole the show. He absolutely did. Yeah, he stole the show. Yeah, I really don't think like when that those ending credit scenes, which they, which the credits are pretty good. The way they have the newspaper and the magazines, they tell the story through the headlines and all mm-hmm. that kind of jazz. It's pretty good. And and I mean, he even went on to have a music career, tried well, to break s- out into solo. Yeah, but I, I really bet. And before like they saw his performance in the movie, I bet he wasn't that prominent in those things. I bet it was his performance in the movie and how many how many of those scenes he stole mm-hmm. that changed. I bet it changed the end credits. He really was a breakout. Of, of that movie, he really, you know, I guess, however bright of a spot death can be. Well, that's the only time the movie works. Like, the movie does not work until death shows up. Mm-hmm. And then everything falls into place after that. And you've got a pretty good movie after that point. Yes. Who would have thought the Grim Reaper the Grim. would fix your movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for our last award, and I, is this an award or a D ward? I'm not sure. It's just something of note. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Good job, Twain. Cringeworthy moments. What's what's your most cringeworthy moment in this movie? I'll tell you. I mentioned it uh, earlier uh, off uh, during our in between discussions or, or uh, pre recording discussions when they go to ancient Greece to find Socrates <laughs> and Socrates. You really see the budget of this movie when they didn't have enough budget for makeup to take away Socrates' former tan. You know, he's got the, he's got the tan lower half of the bicep and forearms and he's just white as the toga he wears above. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's uh, the old man with the farmer tan in ancient Greece. So that was really, I was like, Oh yeah, there's, there's some budget lines right there. <laughs> but uh, that, you know, I mean, aside from just that, the first movie uh, we talked about is near, yeah, very little, near, right? near very little. Uh, I mean, the second movie, the future is just so absurdly asymmetrical. Yeah. Kind of in the way I think you mentioned the foam outfits, the big boots. It looks the, so bad. Yeah, it just was not. I mean, it looks like they took the group color me bad, dialed them up to a hundred. <laughs> glued on some felt and foam and said, this is the future. <laughs> I mean, I feel a little crisscross, a little Bill Biv DeVoe going on, a little, a little Devo, you know, happening. Yeah. I see what, I see where you're going with that. The color me bad thing. That was, just, I, that, that was a pool. I'm, I'm a, I'm a little horrified and impressed at the same time. <laughs> uh, Welcome to my mind. So my cringeworthy moment, um, it's going to be every scene that Evil Bill and Ted's in. <laughs> and half of the scenes that Good Bill and Ted are in. Yeah, I mean, but but just I mean, it's it doesn't work. No, they they just don't work. And I think it was a mistake. 
Because the whole, what made the first movie so good is how much we loved Bill and Ted. And how much, yeah, how much we loved them because they loved each other. So let's, so let's make them evil. Mike says, what? That, that, that's the script that got greenlit? No. Uh, it's a mistake. And, yes, and it's just hard to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean. I agree. It's agree. just tough. 100%. And I, but I've got a runners up. Uh-oh. That seance scene. That was so bad. It was tough to look at. <laughs> I want to uh, thank you for bringing that up, and again, you know, not thank you for bringing that back up because I mean, like I said, there was so much of this movie I'd forgotten. It was bad. I think it was kind of on purpose. Yeah, it was bad. The things I really remember from that second movie was Twister with Death and a little bit of the Battle of the Bands. Yeah, a little I had, bit. I had forgotten most of the rest. Very little of the Battle of the Bands. You know, whether you're a king or a little street sweeper, everyone (laughs) has to dance with the reaper. (laughs) Okay, but I I do want to mention, I watched this movie with my wife. Yeah. She's got a cringeworthy moment. Oh, She didn't bring this up. I just saw her face. Oh, no. So the scene when evil Bill and Ted throw good Bill and Ted over the cliff Mm -hmm. and then immediately start hawking up loogies. To spit on the good Bill and Ted's corpses? Yeah, that's pretty gross. My wife's face, man. Uh, she was so just grossed out by just, that. Yeah, disturbed. That's her cringeworthy moment. I just wanted to share it on her behalf. As, as an honorary cringeworthy <laughs> moment, yes, we'll, we'll take that. That's Yeah, that was just, you know, and that just goes to the cheesiness. And it's the, a different feel. And yeah, the, the, the whole tonality, I keep going yeah. back to the tone of these movies, the whole tonality. It's wild. It was it's the same writers. It's just not there. Yeah. I, I can't see. It's like, like you said, they had forgotten yeah. who these characters were for almost more than half the movie. Yeah. And I, it really feels like to me, like even the actors, I don't know if it was, I really, I can't, I can't quite put my finger on how it happened, but they, it's like everybody forgot who Bill and Ted were. It's wild. So that being said, Oh, it's time. Is it time, you know, this movie being such a downer, what do we have of caliber to sell to each other in 100 seconds as we keep it 100? Well, Dwayne, I don't know if, because uh, I know we've, we've got some of the different medias we, um, we like to take in are a little bit different. You don't read comic books, but I've got a great recommendation for you. Uh-oh. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? I'm sorry I'm pitching a comic if, book uh, again. If Well, I'm, I'm going to be pitching a movie again, so <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go first this time. I know I've went first the last few times. I'll let you go first, and uh, I have my timer set. Thank you for giving me some time to do that. So, Jamie, are you ready? We're getting, we're getting more used to this. We can vamp now a little bit. We're figuring it out. I'm ready. I'm so proud of us for learning. Okay, and ready, set, Go. Okay, I'm going to pitch to you a comic book series by Brian K. Vaughn called The Runaways. Now, I'm a cord cutter, so I haven't seen the TV show. It's recently been turned into a TV show. Mm. But the whole premise of this show is that the this, these, these six families, five or six families, they get together once a year to plan a charity event. And they each, each family, each couple has one child. And so the families all go off to set up this schedule to plan this event, and the kids go off on their own. Well, then the kids sneak off to watch what their parents are doing, and they see their parents murder a teenage girl. 
and they realize they see they see their parents like have superpowers too, and they realize their parents are all supervillains. And the kids have to decide how to react to that, and they all run away and have to deal with the reality of who their parents are. And it's a, the first the first run is about eighteen issues when they when they deal with that with the, with that premise. Hmm. It's, it's amazing. I couldn't stop reading it. I read issue after issue, and I couldn't put it down. It was amazing. One of my, one of my, it jumped to the top. It's in my top five comic book series of all time now. Wow, top five. And as I see you pull away from the microphone, you've got 30 seconds left. Oh, wow. On that sale, so you did great. And that does sound very interesting. Uh, and as me and not- everything I said is in the first issue. So, I mean, I only gave away like one, the, the, the previous, really? the op- that's just the opening. So that's just, wow. Because you would think that the sale of that seems kind of in depth would, would take a couple issues to set up and they make you care about the characters. I mean, it's, it's I'm not, I hope the TV show is good because the comic book series is, it's so compelling. You care about those kids so fast and you, wow. you just, you're so terrified for them. Well, that sounds very it's interesting. Great. I may give that a, a search on uh, Netflix or Amazon. I haven't seen the show. Like I said, I'm a cord cutter. I yeah, mean, until, until it's on a streaming service, I don't see yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's me. I'm a cord cutter too. So if, until it goes to streaming, um, or you know, maybe a, a season pops up at the local library, <laughs> you know, we're we're not going to go there. So uh, Jamie, if you don't care to get mine ready, okay, now it's ready. <clears throat> okay. Three, two, one, go. Now this is a a recommendation I've kind of wrestled with a little bit, being of faith. Being a bit religious, I wrestled with this is because it deals with a controversial uh, topic: uh, forgiveness. What, uh, for where forgiveness comes from, how we attain forgiveness. But now there a, a movie come out on Netflix recently called Come Sunday. Now this is a movie about an evangelist, uh, a, well maybe not evangelist, but a pastor named Carlton Pearson. They had a huge megachurch, changed his view of forgiveness, how we attain that through a, a spiritual, emotional crisis, was shunned by the church, shunned by his community, uh, and had to really search and stand for what he believes in. Now, I'm not endorsing his stance and his views, but what I am endorsing with his movie is you know, I think we all need to examine ourselves. We all need to understand why we believe what we believe, how we believe it. This movie really uh, opened my eyes to some different struggles that even myself have gone through at times. Uh, Come Sunday has a uh, Martin Sheen plays Oral Roberts, uh, Chiltwell Elgil Four, whatever his name is, plays oh, the operative from Serenity. Yes, uh, plays uh, Carlton Pearson. Jason Segal plays one of his uh, lead associate pastors in the movie. It's really an interesting watch. Oh, there's the buzzer. I got it. <laughs> I got it in. Uh, That's a good recommendation. I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it it I'm really intrigued. is interesting. Uh, just just for the uh, the different viewpoint mm-hmm. and. You know, examining ourselves, I would say it's it's definitely worth a watch. How does the saying go? The unexamined life is I forget how that saying goes. It sounds somebody said it. You know, they were smart and they said it smartly. And I'm not that person. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um so that that's that's our show for this week. Um, well, Jamie, I think we need to kind of uh, 
clue our oh yes our the next up, up and coming knights we're shifting gears this time question. we're, we're taking a new. little bit of a different tack I'm, I'm really excited about this now as you guys have gathered through uh listening hopefully uh, through some of our uh, earlier episodes i am a huge 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 star wars fan um i have i, I enjoy the documentaries and behind the scenes stuff as much if not more sometimes in the movies so the what's going on behind the scenes the story of star wars itself uh you know really interests me i know uh with the sale to disney lucasfilm has been through a lot of transitions uh you know kathleen kennedy was actually a lot of people don't realize she was actually appointed by george lucas before the sale uh to disney and she remained on board but our next quest is going to be a survey of Star Wars. We're going to kind of look at a little bit of the history, going to kind of look at some of the high points, kind of what's going on right now, some of the struggles, and maybe look at what we would do or what we think, you know, they're going to do with, you know, some of the, the streaming services happening on Disney. Yeah, yeah, we're just going to kind of do a little forecast and kind of, a, you know, this is kind of what we think. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of a different tack this uh, upcoming yeah, show and, and Dwayne is the the Star Wars fan du jour on this podcast but I, I consider myself a Star Wars fan as well I don't have the same kind of depth of history that Dwayne has but I think we both care deeply about this franchise and yes. and we, we want it to do well and so I think I th- I'm really excited about this conversation I think it's going to be a good one yeah I'm, I'm really excited about it too as, as this being you know one of the core uh you know franchises of, of uh, you know fantasy and sci-fi so we're really excited about that. Um, as always, please remember to uh, you know like, rate, review us uh, on iTunes. It really does help us. It really does. We uh, we love seeing that. Uh, also, uh, we are on Instagram at Roundtable Nerds Two, and on Twitter we're Nerds Two. And Jamie, what do we have uh, new? Well, we have something new. We haven't gotten a. Lot. We've got a little bit of traffic on Twitter. Um, a we, little bit of traffic on Instagram. Yeah, nothing yet on the email, which is roundtablenerds at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to get some interaction with our listeners. Um, and so we started a Facebook group page. Now, by the time this episode airs, it'll be have been up for about two weeks. And so we're gonna we're gonna try to get discussions going there because everybody in the you know the free world is on Facebook now. And um, so last time with the uh, Big Trouble Little China episode, we posted the top five ridiculous action movies. And so for this show, I'm going to put up a top five time travel movies. Mm, and nice. so, yeah. So, I, so so join us on Facebook. Let's have a discussion. I'd love to hear your rankings. And, um, and that would also be a good place. If you've got a recommendation for us, something you'd like to hear us review, face that Facebook page would be a, pl- a good place to recommend those to us. And we're open to, we're open to your recommendations. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. Assign us some homework. Assign us a quest. There you go. And again, as always, hold on, hold on, the, hold oh, on, hold on. Go ahead, Dwayne. This is a Bill and Ted episode. Uh, you got to end this the right way. Dwayne, remember, be excellent, excellent to, to each, each other. other.